Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Here, as we, as we look at this today in faith forward, and this is part of it, the most important thing is to understand your why. And so today, what I want to consider is what is our why, whether it's our giving, whether it's our saving, whether it's our spending, whether it's our devotion to Jesus Christ. When you understand your why, you'll understand your way. See, uh, the truth is, for us as a church, even as we look at this, which is really a, a relatively modest project for the size church we are, but it it's really has to do with our why. Today, this weekend on all our campuses, we will have more people baptized than ever in the history of Timberlake Church. More people who have said yes to Jesus, who've experienced life transformation, and that really is our why. See, a building is not the gospel, it's not the mission of the church, it's what God does through those resources. If you've ever been uh, to a football game, you've seen this verse before, and it really explains God's why. Why does God do what he does? And it says in John uh, 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And that's God's why, his heart for you. You might think you came here by accident, but it wasn't an accident. That God, you would understand God's heart for you and that you might respond to that. Because here's the key thought, is that grace, God's grace, we don't earn God's favor. God's grace, his free gift to us, it merits a response. And you think about that, uh, I was reading today uh, in about, uh, I'd forgotten that Valentine's Day is Friday. You remember that? And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to be sexist here, but there's a certain gender that tends to forget about Valentine's Day, women. And the, uh, no, uh, so the, uh, that's not true at all. But uh, the, uh, we, we really uh, think about that. Some kids were asked some questions about, uh, about love and dating. And uh, here, here's one. These little kids were asked, what do most people do on a date? Answer, dates are for having fun and getting to know each other. Even boys have something to say if you listen long enough. <laughs> Lynette, age eight. Uh, this is a question, what do most people do on a date again? On the first date, they tell lies to each other. <laughs> that gets them interested enough to go on a second date, Martin, age 10. Uh, that's true, isn't it? Anyway, uh, what is the right age to get married? No age is good to get married at. You got to be a fool to get married. <laughs> Freddie, age 6. <laughs> uh, and then this is uh, one of my favorite ones. What do your mom and dad have in common? They both don't want any more kids. <laughs> Laurie, AJ. It's, uh, love will make us do all sorts of crazy things. Love will guide us. God's love really should drive us in any area of our life. 
And as you look at uh, finances, it says that. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. See, here's the thing when it comes to money, is that you can be manipulated. You can be, uh, you know, guilted into doing things, and uh, it says don't ever let that happen. Uh, I mean, that happens, it happens in church environments, it happens in, uh, well, some of you have, you know, a giving campaigns at work that you don't really want to give to, but you feel forced into it. Uh, I don't know about you, I feel like the most manipulative thing I've ever seen are the SPCA commercials, where it shows a little di- disabled dog with three legs, and it's like, I hope you're enjoying your men- money, Ben, and no, yeah, and you sort of give. But God says, don't be, don't be manipulated, and don't be stingy, don't uh, be reluctant, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver and is able uh, to bless you abundantly, that in all things at all times, having all you need, you'll abound in every good work. Well, Jesus, he talked about this. We're, we're going through the Gospels, and we're looking at narratives in where he challenged different areas of our life. We talked about following God week one. We talked about what does it mean to trust in different areas of our life. And this week we are uh, going to look at how, how do we allow God into this uh, area of our life, our finances. Jesus tells a parable, and it's really not about giving. It's really about more how we deal with our resources. Uh, he says this, and again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and another one bag. Now, how many know that if someone gives you a bag of gold, that's a good day? Yeah, that is. No one has ever given me a bag of gold. I am open to the opportunity. Um, and it sort of reminds me of, and, and I know some of you will probably not want to come to this church after I tell you this, but one of my guilty pleasure television shows. Do you have a guilty pleasure television show? Yeah, and it, no, it is not The Bachelor, let me tell you that. Uh, it is called My Lottery Dream Home. You know that show, don't you? And these are not people who are, have PhDs in economics from Harvard who figured out the standard and pores and NASDAQ and how to game that, and so they've become wealthy. These are not people who've started a business. These are people who walked into a 7-Eleven, and they were there buying their favorite beverage, and then they had a couple extra bucks left over and said, who knows, might as well buy a lottery ticket, and boom, they're millionaires. And then they get to buy a home, and then sort of what they do with that is sort of interesting. And, and really what it, uh, this story is saying is sort of like being blessed like that. And it's interesting, it points towards productivity. The man who received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. The Bible talks about being productive. If you say, Ben, I've heard this before, you know, I almost feel guilty where I'm at in my life financially. God's blessed me so. Don't feel guilty. God, God actually honors hard work. That's a good thing. We're meant to be productive. We read this, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So there's a positive example. One is someone who's not as productive. 
And it, we read this. It says, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, so you know that I harvest where I've not sown and gathered where I've not scattered seed. Uh, well, then you should have put money on and deposit with the bankers. See, what's happening is what is he doing? He's blaming the, the master, which would be really representative of God, for how he's, what he's done and what he's not done. And isn't that like us? Uh, usually when I do something wrong, I always figure out who's to blame. And do you know who it never is? Me. And uh, yeah, uh, you can ask my wife. And so, uh, but where we grow is where we say, hey, you know what? Maybe I haven't uh, done as well as I should in an area, like the couple we heard from. They, were, they went through financial peace and, and were getting their finances back on order, in order. And you say, I, I got to do that, and then, uh, then I will see how God works. Let's put the, the scripture back up uh, again. And uh, so it says, uh, so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. And the story really is about, not so much about generosity, it's about stewardship. How do we really think biblically and theologically around the resources that God has given us? And so I, I want to look at what re our resources can represent in our life and faith. Number one, they can represent a potential problem. Uh, they really can. It, it can be, uh, I know many of us want that kind of problem, uh, but uh, it, it can be a problem whether we feel like we've mismanaged it, whether we feel like uh, we never have enough, uh, where maybe our heart, we're not very thankful I was reading a, a theological journal called the Reader's Digest. <laughs> no, no, it's not a theological journal, but it was telling a, a story about a, a lady, and she was at an airport waiting for a plane. She got a bag of Oreos, and uh, so she's sitting there. Guy sits down next to her, and uh, he opens the bag of Oreos and grabs one, doesn't even talk, doesn't even ask. And she's very, you know, so she's perturbed, doesn't say anything, so she grabs an Oreo out of the bag, and he just smiles at her. And then finally, they get in this Oreo eating contest where he grabs one, eats it, she grabs one, eats it. She's furious the entire time, and uh, finally, there's one last Oreo. He grabs in and gets the last Oreo, breaks it in half, and then gives her half. Well, it's time to board the plane. She's getting on the plane, and she is so mad, and then she reaches into her purse, and guess what she finds? A bag of Oreos. She had been eating his Oreos. How do you think her mindset changed at that moment? Instead of being angry, she's like, oh, no, this wasn't even mine, and I feel thankful. And that's really what it comes to uh, our resources. If we see them as a gift from God, uh, even you say, well, it's my hard work. Well, you know, God enabled you the ability to do that. We read this, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides with everything for our enjoyment. And that really gets to the second thing, is that our resources can be a blessing. They really can. They can be, they can be something that we're meant to enjoy. I talked to 
folks who are raised in a religious background, some Christian, some non-Christian, where the idea is, oh, material stuff is bad. Bible doesn't say that. That's not biblical at all. The, the Bible says that, that, yes, you can actually enjoy. There's, there's things you should do, save, invest, be generous, but that God has blessed you with that. And sometimes it's a blessing we feel like uh, we don't deserve because maybe it's nothing we, we've done. I remember in high school, a friend of mine, her dad owned a few car dealerships and a bunch of real estate. And uh, so well, for prom, uh, we were good, good friends, and he gave me uh, a car to use, a brand new Porsche to drive for prom. And I was like, this, is, this was amazing. A kid from Tacoma in a brand new Porsche. It was, and it was, this was way back in the day. It was sort of like risky business, but without the other stuff. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have used that example. Let me get back to my notes. So when I do my notes, I do way better as a pastor. Uh, but it, it was one of those things where I just was able to enjoy the blessing and, and just recognizing, hey, this is a gift. And when you do that, then your fear, guilt, all of that goes away. See, ultimately, your resources are a means to an end. Uh, they, they really are. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 9, uh, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So the reality is that my resources don't buy me happiness, but they can uh, be a sense of uh, blessing from God and that I can invest them in my kids' education, in time with family, in God's kingdom work, in my own health and life. And when you, when you view it from God's perspective, you're going to have more joy. Because ultimately, your resources are an opportunity. Uh, they're an opportunity from God to make a difference. They're an opportunity for you to see God as your provider they're an opportunity to understand that God's got you. I know that some of you right now, when you hear this, uh, you're not in the, hey, God's blessed me so much. You're in the, this is a difficult time financially. And do you know that God sees that? God cares about that. You think, well, God's got so much. No, he actually cares about that. And if you'll open your heart to God and you'll, and you'll open just your life to other people, you will find him as your provider. One of the things, usually it, we're able as a church, uh, besides our missions and all that, give over $100,000 a year. Usually people in the church are going through a difficult time. Not 100000 per, that would be good. Uh, but the, because your church family is here to help. And I don't know what you're going through, but God does and he cares. Maybe it's just new skills. And you say, you know, I've been trapped in a way of thinking that's not been productive in my life. Maybe for you it's a sense of you've achieved your goals, but you lack purpose because you haven't really included God in that. God cares about these everyday things in your life because God ultimately cares about you. And I think it's when we take, whether it's our, our time, our money, our, our desires, and we say, Lord, I... I I'm not sure what my next step is, or maybe I'm sure and I'm not sure it aligns with your next step for me, but I'm ultimately 
willing to trust you. Our final passage, it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And as, as we move towards baptisms today, I just want to let you know that your, for those of you, and you've been been investing, you've been serving, that lives are being changed because of what you've done. And as we take a next step, it's just the idea of, God, we believe you're going to continue to be faithful. Well, I love hearing the stories, many that you will never hear because people are sort of afraid to go on screen, and I get that, of people who say, you know, God wasn't part of my life. But then I took that turn, and I opened myself up to him. Over 70 people baptized this weekend who are signifying that step where they've trusted Jesus Christ. And and I want you to hear one of those stories. Hi, my name is Axel. Uh, I live in Kirkland, Washington, and I've been attending uh, Timberlake uh, with my wife since August of 2019. So growing up, um, religion was not really talked about. We grew up Catholic, but by that we just labeled ourselves as Catholic. Went to church like three times a year, uh, Christmas and then some random other days. And After high school, I didn't really pursue. I've never really been religious throughout my life. I was just like, reading spiritual books about how to be one with yourself, but never really connecting it to like Christ or God. In January of 2019, um, uh, an old friend texted me and said, we, we need to catch up, I haven't seen you in a while. And we did, and uh, we went out drinking, and um, I couldn't get a ride, and so he said the typical, I'm fine, just get in the car with me. We got T-boned, and it was going 60 miles an hour head on to us. I just woke up in the hospital, and they just checked me to see that everything was okay, no concussion, no nothing, and no internal bleeding, and I was fine. And people can say it was the the angle, uh, the seatbelt, but if you look at the car, it was it was a rough hit. I definitely feel that God and Christ were with me. He's the reason why I I got a second chance of being alive. The very first time I came here, it was instant love. I've never felt judged. I've never been judged. You feel like every message is tailored to you. And Pastor Ben uh, ends his service by saying if you take Jesus uh, into your life and God look into my eyes and I said what am I waiting for and I I said why not Um, but not in like whatever I'm just gonna do this because it means nothing but because it means everything to me to be one with the person that has loved me saved me forgives me 
and that's why I've decided to uh, get baptized. I decided to get baptized because I don't want to wait any longer. This is my decision. No one has pushed me. Before I followed Jesus, I saw life. I saw myself as a product of my decisions and finding Jesus and moving forward with him. Whatever has happened to me, good or bad, magnificent or devastating, that's a new life. I remember uh, when Axel and I got together and we had breakfast and just hearing his story and hearing just uh, the hope. And it's not the hope of an organization. It's not the hope of uh, even the great community we share. It's the hope of Jesus Christ. Jesus who, who gave his life for us that we would be forgiven and freed. And he makes that promise that we can join in that resurrection life. In this life, yes, and the next as well. And it's a decision to come to him. And maybe today uh, you, you came here and, you, and uh, this message was primarily for you. It has nothing to do with your resources or baptism. It just has to do with that ultimate decision. Am I going to allow Jesus Christ in my life? Am I going to allow him to be the leader of my life and the forgiver of my sins? See, he gave everything. It wasn't, wasn't something that didn't cost anything. It cost him everything. And for us, it's that simple decision of surrender. And before we get into baptism and do all that, I just believe that some of us, the reason that God brought you here today was to enter that relationship. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.